1: Alex, I want to start this week's podcast with an old friend of ours, mm-hmm. a, a close friend, a friend that we have brought up countless times on the Tipping Pitches podcast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in passing, in depth, as a joke, seriously. Um, do you know who this old friend is? I, d-
0: I don't, honestly.
1: This old friend is a, a, a little guy named Collusion. <laughs> I'm I'm so curious
0: where you're going with this.
1: Here's where I'm going with this. Okay, Uh, Andy Martino, SNY.TV. Speculation about the Mets and Aaron Judge began immediately after Judge turned down the Yankees' last contract offer on April 8th, the morning of opening day. It was a reasonable topic to wonder about then and remains so today, but the truth of the situation also remains unchanged. On that day, Mets sources said they did not plan to fight the Yankees this offseason for Judge. With free agency set to begin next week, that has not changed. Owners Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner enjoy a mutually respectful relationship and do not expect to upend that with a high-profile bidding war. Can they what? say that? What? Wait a second. Actually, Our friend Kalusin just stepped into the room. He'd like to announce that he's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that Mets fans would be completely fine if Aaron Judge... uh was not signed by the team if it meant that relationship stayed intact. Because, right. frankly, I mean, that's... Again, that's this is why I go to the ballpark wearing my Steve Cohen jersey, right? Because I right. care about him and his relationships far more than I do the the on-field success of the team. Truly, never mind not
1: building a good baseball team, never mind not having any money, not running out of high payroll. What the Wilpons really did to damage the New York Mets was that they didn't have respectability. No. You know, and Steve Cohen has brought respectability back into that
0: office. Yeah. And Hal Steinbrenner sees that and he respects that. <laughs> right. I mean, and this is this is what matters is that we have an adult back in the room. So right? like, okay,
1: this is not actual collusion because they didn't put out like a statement <laughs> saying that they don't plan <laughs> to sign Aaron Judge because they want to let the Yankees try to sign Aaron Judge. But this is as good as Collusion. Right. right. I mean,
0: it, it feels like functionally collusion, m- more of a broader indication of how front offices operate, which is not entirely based on what will specifically make their team better. Right. Or at the very least, is not done without regard for the broader market implications right. of any given move.
1: So, like, okay, whether or not you plan on signing Aaron Judge is not collusion. Like, if you don't want to go after Aaron Judge because you think that he's going to be too costly because the other teams that are in the in the running for him are willing to pay X, Y, Z, and he just came off the best walk year in the history of baseball, all of that can be true. But as soon as you say that stuff directly to another owner, then it's collusion. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, that's collusion. Yeah. Colluding to keep salaries down because you're telling an owner directly, conspiring behind closed doors with your quote-unquote good relationship that Andy Martino... Somehow knows about that you don't want to pay him more money. You're not going to run Hal Steinbrenner up. It's no longer a market. It's now the ownership side colluding. Right, exactly. I mean, I
0: mean, especially when Steve Cohen and the Mets are one of the teams that would have the most financial, like wherewithal to be able to pull off a move like that by taking yourselves out of contention. You are fundamentally suppressing the market for Judge.
1: It's okay. The Mets don't have the money to do it anyway because you know who they gave that money to? They gave it to my best friend, Edwin Diaz. Let's go. Narco for ever. Or at least five more years.
0: <laughs> also, can I just say, I, I really have to hand it to you yep. for the episode following the conclusion of the World Series. Thank you. Starting this out with, with like 10 minutes of mess talk. It,
1: it's, it's the only some, way to do it. It's some of my finest work. <laughs>
0: I'm really proud of it. I'm really
1: proud of myself. Alex, the Houston Astros won the World Series. What? We also got some new patrons. Those patrons are Lindsay and Riley. We're going to talk about the Astros winning the World Series. We're going to debut a new segment, the intellectual property of which belongs to your partner, Gabriella. It's called Probably Popular Opinions. (laughs) We're also going to do a couple listener questions that I've reserved at the end of this podcast. But before we do all of that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. And you are listening... To Tipping Pitches. Did you see that the Astros won the
0: World Series? Did you check that one out? I did see it come across my Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. That that had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know you didn't watch the actual game.
1: <laughs> I was going to put you on front street right now. Yeah, no, no, no. Alex it's fine. didn't watch the World Series because he's a
0: coward. <laughs> All right. I did not sit down and watch Game Six in its entirety. Yes, I, um, I was. I was at a concert. Sorry, so sue me.
1: I'll tell you what happened.
0: Um, Jordan Alvarez remembered how to hit a baseball, uh-huh. and so the Houston Astros won. And then some. <laughs> yeah, um, I was trying to surreptitiously uh, pull up YouTube TV on my phone in between songs. You I'll know, leave that. just I'm a little. That nope, <laughs> no free ads. No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't mean that I actually saw the the. Alvarez home run Um, I did see the end of the game which ended in um, less than dramatic fashion
1: foul territory there should be Uh, we need to pass a rule that says you're not allowed to end the season in foul territory right exactly yeah it's kind of like Pablo Sandoval Kyle Tucker no just let the ball drop come on let's
0: keep playing yeah it's kind of like when you foul off a pitch with two strikes it's like okay well that one didn't really count you get to do it you get to do it one more time
1: speaking of fouling off a pitch with two strikes Kyle Schwarber (laughs) what are you doing baby come on (laughs) Just kidding. We're not going to talk about individual plays from the World Series. Let's start here. Good World Series? Bad World Series? So-so World Series? What do you think?
0: Frankly, I thought this was a pretty damn good World Series. I did too. Like, as far as World Series go that don't involve any of the teams that I might pull for, I feel like this is about as good as you can get. Despite the fact that the, you know, the Phillies, after their kind of magical run, uh, forgot how to hit, Yep, which kind of hurts. Hurts your chances a little bit. The the atmosphere of it all. Can you
1: win a World Series game when you don't get a hit? Is that possible?
0: <laughs> I there was so Anything f- is possible it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> there were like, you know, all these there was discussion over Thompson's, you know, decision to pull Zach Wheeler in favor of Jose Alvarado. You're um, talking about game six. In, in game six, yes. In a pivotal the moment. Watch. The game that I, The game that I didn't watch. Um, <laughs> uh, which obviously led to uh, 450 feet of... I didn't uh,
1: even know you could hit it there. Sanity. I didn't even know that there were seats up there. No, Never yeah. had cause to think about whether people
0: sitting were sitting up there or not. Yeah, until no. Until Jordan Alvarez hit one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but point being... Didn't didn't matter. Didn't nope. matter if it was wheeler pitching, didn't matter if it was Alvarado hitting. If you can't score, it's it's not really gonna do anything for you. I forget who
1: actually said in the in the postgame whether it, it was it was either it was one of the Astro Stars. It was like Bregman Altuve or Verlander said, It's not every day that someone hits one to dead center and it's still a no-doubter. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was such a no-doubter. Unreal. Uh so four games have happened since we last talked on the podcast. We live streamed one of those games for the listener's sake at home and for my sake so that I can reorganize my thoughts. um, Let me just quickly give you a one line summary of each of those games. Game three, the Phillies hit five home runs, set the World Series record. They won seven, nothing. Game four was the one that we were streaming a combined no hitter.
0: (laughs) We were just (laughs) streaming that game. The duality of man. We were
1: talking about milk. Yep. We were t- we were doing deep deep investigation into the PitchCom <laughs> website. <laughs> we we, were,
0: we actually really we were. were
1: hacking into it, guessing passwords. More people to come. were
0: pulling up like the page source. Yeah, more
1: to come later in this offseason. Frankly, yeah. uh, it was a combined no hitter between Fromber, uh, Brian DeBrayu, Rafael Montero, LOL, and Ryan Presley. Astros won five nothing. Game five, I think, best game of the series. Mm-hmm. Honestly, three two. A lot. A lot of tension. A lot of tension. Basically every pitch was one pitch away from yeah. tying the game. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of traffic. Justin Verlander started this game. A good start from him. Not a great start. Got his first World Series win. Um, and Presley got the five out save which was fucking impressive as hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not <laughs> On easy. On the road against the heart of the order and he got it done. Yeah. Uh, and then game six of course. We've, we've talked about it. We've already explained. Gordon three run home run. He finally wakes up Astros win four one and the Astros win the series in six. I think that feels right. Honestly, um, the Astros were clearly the better team. I think demonstrated pretty, pretty clearly that they were just the best team in baseball. I mean, absolutely. Um, and I think submit themselves into an interesting place in terms of legacy. Now I'm not even talking about like the cheating, the science stealing. what this team means for, uh redeeming the 2017 team because I'm not the broadcast which was obsessed with talking about that. I just mean in terms of team construction, this team, and this is of course recency bias, as as all things are anytime we're talking about a World Series that has just wrapped up, the way that this team was constructed is about as perfect as it gets. Yes. And I know we've joked many times that the real cheating is the fact that the Astros can just turn anyone into a fucking amazing baseball player, but it really does feel like that. And you look up and down the lineup, And there's really only like one or two or three max spots where you don't feel good about the person coming up and you don't feel good that they're going to give you a great at bat. And on the pitching side, they basically just didn't put a bad pitcher on the mound at all. Nope. Like for no innings. Yeah. The entire postseason.
0: I frankly am surprised that the Phillies
1: did not get no hit more times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... The starting pitching is one thing. Fromber was tremendous two times. He probably should be the World Series MVP, even though Jeremy Pena won it. And I think that, of course, the narrative was dying to give it to Jeremy Pena, this rookie who's replaced Carlos Correa, who was the cornerstone of this era of Astros baseball in many ways. But the bullpen, I mean, just dude after dude with pinpoint command, throwing 98 with movement. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they can recreate this. I don't know if all of these guys are going to be just as good next year. Relievers are very fickle in terms of how good they are and their injuries and all of that sort of stuff. But I mean, they just, not to do like a tired sports radio trope, but they kind of just outclassed everyone they played.
0: Yes. I, it like it, you know, at, before the series, you predicted an Astros. Steamroll of the Phillies, which yeah, like Astros
1: in five, and I felt really good about it.
0: Right. And like, I, I, I guess it wasn't a steamroll, so to speak, until like game four. I mean, if Dusty
1: is, pulled Verlander in game one, it would have been Astros in five.
0: <laughs> so, but like, you know, credit to the Phillies for hanging in as long as they could have, because oh, yeah. I think that regardless of who the team is in that situation in the National League seat. I'm not sure the outcome is remarkably different than than the one we actually got. This Astros team is a bona fide dynasty. I know they have they have two. Wow, strong! I like it. I mean, coming up next on the next hour of Sports Center. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they a dynasty? How do they rank among baseball's all time dynasties? They've they have made it to the World Series
1: <laughs> four times since 2017. <laughs> And won twice. I know. Like, I come on. And the other years, they made it to the ALCS. L- ridiculous. I, just unbelievable sustained success. Unbelievable roster construction. Uh, a profoundly hateable team, honestly, though. Like, for, on a national stage against the Phillies, who were a profoundly likable team and who pulled just about every on-the-fence viewer in the entire world. Um, I think, you know, obviously I hate the Phillies. <laughs> obviously I hate their fans. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally like many of their fans, but on the whole, I hate their fans. Hate that another NL East team made it to the World Series before the Mets. Um, but all that being said, I think the Phillies did more than prove that they were worthy of being there. Yeah. Like, two innings into game one, I was like, you know what? I don't even feel bad about the Mets losing the wild to the Padres because they would get <laughs> dominated <laughs> by this Astros team. <laughs> Like, good luck with this Mets lineup trying uh-huh. to hit against fucking Brian Abreu. Wow. Yeah. No way. The only no. person even getting bad to the ball is Jeff
0: McNeil. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't like, envy that.
1: I, I, and it just has to be profoundly frustrating for Phillies fans to just watch. I imagine it probably reminds them a lot of how I felt in 2015 against the Royals where they were just like, the Royals were just slightly better at so many things. I know. Cumulatively, that leads to you losing the series in five games or you losing the series in six games and one of them being a no-hitter. Like, I am always shocked about how the level of baseball that is played this late in the season. Like, that that the pressure does not get to these guys more and they just look... They look so good. Like, it truly does almost always when the world series rolls around feel like two teams worthy of being there
0: yeah i think the the you know part of the difference between i think this world series and and like the one you mentioned in 2015 is like i think with the when you're facing off against that royals team you can look at it and say well we have a a path here right this is a team that like succeeds at fundamentals right <laughs> and like like are they a real like baseball players team you yeah. know yeah which i think is is frankly like beatable this astros team is like you're playing mob the show and you've traded <laughs> for all the good players right it's kind of like <laughs> except Chico's kyle Swarmer, like, like, <laughs> who was doing his
1: damn best on the other side he's yeah. just he's like i'm just gonna hit one home run per night mm-hmm. if you guys could get on ahead of me that would be great but yeah. if not then i'm just gonna hit up a- Rocket shot solo.
0: Yeah, I can't even begrudge him for laying down a bunt with two strikes. You know, at that point, what does he have to prove? <laughs> He's done his part. <laughs> um, you know, you're right about that. But
1: the one thing that I will say to to pivot back to game five, I know we've been talking a lot about I've I've been referencing a lot my sort of like five pocket rules for a perfect baseball game that I talked about a few weeks ago before the World Series started. Um, as we were like halfway through this this postseason. But series tied 2-2, Astros up 3-2 in the bottom of the eighth and Kyle Schwarber, the very same Kyle Schwarber who just hits a home run 50% of the time that he goes up to the plate, I guess hits a rocket down the first baseline that Trey Mancini, who hasn't played in the field since October 3rd just smothers and makes a tremendous play and that's only a half inning after Reese Hoskins bobbled the ball at first base on a similar-ish play and the Astros scored off of it and took the lead. So you know, for all we're talking about how dominant the Astros are, dominance in baseball is at most like a sliver, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And things can go wrong.
0: Right. It's fleeting, honestly.
1: Right. Uh, which is why it's eternally frustrating when you're on the other side of it and you lose because there are just so many threads that you can pull for how your team could have won this series. And I, my heart truly does go out to the Phillies fans in my life and even not in my life who might be listening to this podcast because... I don't, I don't actually wish that on anybody. Like, the, the not knowing what would have happened had your team made XYZ play, had Chaz McCormick not made that catch against JT Raul Muto, had Trey Mancini not smothered that ball at first and the Phillies tie that game, who knows what happened? You, like, it's, there's no way to know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, the difference, honestly, like, I think you can play that game a lot yeah. in the World Series um, and make a very reasonable case and say this series looks completely different if this one play changes, right? If that ball actually goes out or, you know, goes through someone's legs or whatever. The thing is, you play that with this World Series and I'm still kind of like, Astros are probably fine, though. <laughs> like, it's it's not going to matter at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows? Upsets happen all the time in baseball. They do. They do. Let's wrap this up. I guess my lingering questions from this World Series that I feel like are just going to be talking points in, like, the mainstream baseball media ecosystem that I'm curious what your thoughts are. Number one, being Dusty. Mm-hmm. Him being sort of the figurehead, the rallying point. Or, I don't know, I guess, were you surprised? Because the, the baseball real world really did feel like they sort of coalesced around him. Why do you think that is? Just because he's gotten so close so many times, or what?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the last remaining feather that he had to put in his cap, right? Yeah. On on top of what is sure to be a Hall of Fame career, right? But he um he's taken every team that he has managed to the postseason, right? And and still this Astros team is the the best one he's ever managed as far as like yeah. record goes, yeah. right? Um he's also the first black manager to 2000 wins and one of only 12, you know, entirely. So I do think it felt like it was really a long time coming. It was only a matter of time, but I think there was a little bit of anxiety around it, right? He's getting up there. He couldn't make it happen last year. And, you know, I love Dusty, and his hiring was also a bit of a cynical like PR yeah, ploy. Absolutely. Um, and so there was a question of, like, how long do the Astros really need to keep him around, right? And I have no idea what happens next, but, like, this win, I think both seals the Hall of Fame case for him, which was sealed a long time ago. Yeah, Um, And also, in a sense, I think it certainly doesn't wash away anything that happened in 2017, but the Astros can now say, look, we we did it clean.
1: Okay, that was my other thing, the other lingering question, which everybody seems to want to talk about again, Mm -hmm. is what is the impact that this has on the Astros' reputation? Don't care. How much does it matter? Don't care. (laughs) And... Do we even need to opt into this conversation? Is nope. this something that nope. is necessary nope. from a talking about this team perspective? Nope. See, the reason that I, I mean, I, I understand <laughs> and I personally agree that I, I was able to just kind of watch this team without really thinking about all of that stuff. Of course, there are a few players that that reputation will always kind of follow them around. Altuve, Bregman, Guriel mainly being the three hitters that are still left over from that 2017 team. But... It did seem to be like the dominant story, whether we wanted it to or not. And we don't even get to make that choice. Like the broadcast decided to foreground that the Ken Rosenthal doing, did a sideline report in the ninth inning when it looked like, or maybe in the eighth inning when it looked like the the Astros were going to pull it out, talking about how many different players there are on this team and basically trying to put this story to bed. And I'm like, didn't we just do this a year ago? Mm-hmm. Just because the Astros didn't win doesn't mean that the team is still, is not different right. anymore. Like, they didn't bring back all of the 2017 players because they didn't win last year. <laughs> I just, I wonder, like, are we going to be talking about it in 50 years? 60 years? 80 years? If the Astros win the World Series in 2140 <laughs> on the moon, are we going to have to say, like, you know, this isn't the same Astros team? hmm I don't know. It just it feels like the lowest hanging fruit. And in many ways, obviously, the broadcast decides to grab the lowest hanging fruit most often because it is the widest appeal story that most people know about these teams. But at some point, we have to make an active choice to just have this not be the thing that people talk about. And it can be the reason that you root against the Astros, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Like the organization is still fucked up in many ways. And it's not just the sign ceiling. This is the same organization, the same owner that decided to hire Brandon Taubman, decided to stand behind him until it was not publicly possible for them to do that anymore. Uh, decided to advance the McKinsey of baseball by firing all their scouts because, because Jeff Lunau, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know, like thinks that baseball should be played on a spreadsheet. Like this is the same organization that you can have legitimate gripes with. I guess I'm just not really interested in it being about the science ceiling anymore. If you'd like dislike the Astros because they're villains in it, maybe the kernel of that started with the science ceiling thing, but it's evolved into other things. You don't want to see them win anymore. That's totally fine. It just feels like it just feels like the lack of nuance with how the like proprietors of baseball have approached the story is Frankly, like off-putting and and strikes me as an inability to sell your sport, (laughs) an inability to sell why this team is interesting and good and, and fun to watch at the highest level in the World Series. I mean, you and I just, we don't even analyze baseball and we just spent 25 minutes talking about how good of a series it was, how good this Astros team was, and like, we're not even being paid to do that. You know, like Joe Davis, John Smoltz, Ken Rosenthal, Tom Verducci, these guys are being paid to do that.
0: I mean... I think I'll say, "Speak for yourself." the The Black Sox scandal is the reason I still don't root for the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> no, I, you're you're completely it's a dark right. Dark mark that, on the game. Like, it really was. It it impacted everything. It's why we're still talking about it today.
1: <laughs> we open every pod with a moment of silence. We don't. We I don't leave this part in, but Alex and I hold a moment of silence for the other team.
0: You know, the Reds. <laughs> 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 the, the, yeah, the Reds. <laughs> yeah. Can't make these moments up. (laughs) No, I, you're, you're right that like, I, I completely understand why people are holding on to this. It was, it was very brazen and, and blatant what they were doing. And I think the manner in which they, they cheated really does have an impact because it was so sort of out in the open and, and like crude that people are almost like, are you kidding me that you guys got away with this? You know, because here's the thing is that. Every team at one point or another is looking to find some sort of edge, right? To give them that advantage on the mound, at the plate, whatever it is. It may not go to these lengths, but, you know, I I, I caution people at looking at this sort of thing in black and white terms, right? Yeah. That the Astros are bad and the other teams are are, you know, capital G good. And it's like, most of these teams exist in that, you know... Putting it lightly, moral gray area, you know? And so if this impacts... No, dude, John Middleton, on the up and up. No, he's good. Totally straight as an arrow. Mm -hmm. The cigarette company was all good, man. Like, they definitely, it was all good for society. He was, again, you have to look at it in the context of the time. That's, everyone was doing that.
1: Everyone was selling their family's cigarette company to make enough money to buy a major league baseball team. We're all doing it.
0: Yeah, I, I understand why people hold on to the scandal and why it will be a reason that people, you know, feel this taste for the Astros. I just think that, like, after this World Series, it's not really worth, like, trying to couch everything the Astros do yes. in, in, in that as, like, a reaction to that or as something that is disproving that.
1: I think that the thing that bothers me the most about it is that it just seems uninteresting. It can be interesting to you personally as a fan. It can be the reason that you dislike this team. You can root as hard as you want for the Phillies. I saw many people that I like and respect intellectually and personally sharing that opinion, having that view of this series, and that is totally fine. But when you are a reporter, when you are an opinion columnist, when you are a broadcaster, when you are the person who is trying to tell the next generation of baseball fans who are watching this World Series why they should be interested in it, it just seems incredibly retrograde to continue to talk about this team from 2017. Like, if I wasn't invested in it then, why would I be invested in it now? Like, can we just, from a marketing our sport at its most pivotal moments perspective, find fucking anything else to say. Just anything else to say. And if you want to do it in your column a couple of days later, that's fine. But on the actual broadcast, I don't know why, it just really bothered me. Like, can we, like, can we just not do this on the broadcast itself? Can we not do the Quasi Apologia, quasi reaching out to the other side who's still mad about all of this stuff, ham handed way of talking about this sign ceiling scandal. Like, who, who is it serving other than like intellectual, the intellectual laziness of the sideline reporter giving it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't think it's serving anyone. I understand why they do it, right? Because there's a broad swath of baseball fans who are still holding on to this dearly, right? And but so, like, those
1: fans are not like, they're not like, Thank you, Ken Rosenthal, for acknowledging that there are still five players on the team from 2017, and now I, mean, I feel I don't know. vindicated. They might, they might be. Right? I am like, selfish. I am I just, wrong. You know, I am right. Like... I swear I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I am
0: right. Swear I knew it all along. <laughs> I mean, I think there probably are people out there who are like, no thank way. God, no, Joe thank... Davis is is talking about is you know is is bringing this up,
1: but he wasn't like chastising them. Like it was I mean, literally no, just like, "I know." There are five players that were still on the team from then. And I think that this, what this does is prove that they're still a good team. Like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Damn. I could have told you that. (laughs) Literally.
1: (laughs) Literally. Just think, fucking talk about something else. I know. I know. Uh, Okay. Maybe this rant makes absolutely no sense and people are going to be mad at me because I was rooting for the (laughs) (laughs) Astronaut. Can we debut Probably Popular Opinions? Mm hmm. Uh, I don't even remember what we were originally talking about when this came up, but um, your partner, Gabriella, was like, that would be a funny idea. If instead of hot takes or unpopular opinions, you guys just did, we just all shared something that was like, that's probably a popular opinion. I mean, I opinion. think, I think,
0: I, I don't even think she laid the segment out like that. I think she right. said, she started off by saying, so I have a probably popular <laughs> opinion. Oh, and then of course, me with my little
1: right. po- poison like, brain was like, that's a pod segment. <laughs> Listen, you can't turn the producer off.
0: <laughs> no, you really can't. Art imitates life, man.
1: <laughs> don't kill the producer inside your head. <laughs> so probably popular opinions. Um, these are going to be rapid fire. They're going to be quick. We don't need to overexplain them on account of the fact that they are probably popular, which means most of you already disagree with them. My first probably popular opinion, despite the fact that I have just shit on the broadcast that Fox put out there, is that Joe Davis, the center of that broadcast, the play by play announcer of that broadcast. He's very good at his job. Uh He's really good. Yep. Yeah. He has a nice delivery, a nice positive energy and tone to his broadcast. He's excited to be there. I'm excited to be there with him. I've enjoyed his national broadcast with Fox. I've enjoyed his Dodgers broadcasts in my time watching the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team that won 111 games. It was completely absent from October, which is unfortunate, but Joe Davis got to carry that torch for the Dodgers (laughs) franchise. And uh, he acquitted himself nicely. He's very good at it. I'm excited for him for years to come.
0: Yeah, I saw people whining that Joe Buck wasn't in the booth. And I'm like, Stop. I don't really understand what Stop. Davis is not bringing that Buck was. <laughs> Sorry. Nostalgia.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, your first probably popular opinion. PPO.
0: <laughs> this is the PPO that everyone is talking about. <laughs> uh, probably popular opinion. Ball don't lie oh that's, that's, let's go <laughs> i'm just saying you know i again we we so already probably kind
1: of, popular opinion the astros are better than the phillies i pretty much i love it that's fucking <laughs> awesome
0: awesome opinion awesome take look i mean it's it's obvious right they won the world series you can look at that you can look at it on paper um right and the as we said the phillies absolutely deserve to be here. And, and what we talk about, you know, is in October, anything can happen, right? It only takes a couple bad bounces and you're back in the game. <laughs> Unless you're playing the Houston Astros. <laughs> there really, are no
1: bad bounces. Dude, it's so funny. And I'm not the first person to point this out. Probably won't be the last. But it's so funny that we did an entire discourse cycle and honestly, everybody fucking shit themselves over how all of these 100-win teams were going out and how the new playoff format was too tough on these teams and how baseball is a dilution of the regular season and how we need to send the Dodgers to the World Series and crown them champions before they ever play a game in October and all of this dumb stuff and at the end of it the Astros were just like what was that that you guys were talking about mm-hmm. oh no we actually just went out there and won the games yeah. <laughs> like we actually went out there and beat the teams that were in front of us mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: It's all that matters. No matter Linder, what Linder's the format on. was.
1: Whether we had played them 17 times earlier in the year in the Mariners, no, we swept them. Yep. Whether they have been trying to beat us for the better part of a decade now uh, in the New York Yankees, nope, we swept them too. Whether they were the team that just eliminated the 101-win Braves and the Padres who eliminated the 101-win Mets in the Philadelphia Phillies. No, we beat them in six, and we could have beat them in five, and we basically outclassed them at every position except Bryce Harper. Yeah. And Kyle Schwarber. Probably popular opinion, Astros are good. I took it one step more specific than you. Yeah. My second PPO. The 2022 Astros are better, significantly better than the 2017 Astros were. Yeah. Uh, they had the lowest postseason bullpen ERA of all time. Uh, do you want to take a guess at what that number was? They they surpassed the 1973 Oakland Athletics, by the way.
0: Mm, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Just take a guess.
1: 0. 0.8. 0. 0.83. Wow. <laughs> good, Alex. Nice work. Yeah. yeah, you didn't watch the games, but you, <laughs> did, you did read Sarah Lang's Twitter account, which is where I got that fact from. Uh, the lineup, probably equally deep. You know, they don't have Correa or Springer, who they had in 2017. But, of course, Jeremy Pena was a breakout star, and Jordan was not on the team in 2017. So it adds a little length to it. I think the the starting rotation, Fromber emerging as one of the best pitchers in baseball, and being on this team, Christian Javier, embarrassing the Phillies, yeah. like, uh, is probably better than what they were able to throw out in twenty seventeen with um, Charlie Morton and McCullers coming in in relief. Like to me, this team just feels more complete, and they feel like a a. One or two step evolution from what they were in twenty seventeen. So probably popular opinion, this team is better than twenty seventeen, not just because the twenty seventeen team had the added benefit of trash cans.
0: <laughs> See, there it is again. You're perpetuating the narrative, man. Why you gotta why bro, you gotta couch it in that? Let it
1: go, bro. It's not all about this. All right, your next one.
0: Uh, probably popular opinion. Don't think the Dodgers should have traded Jordan Alvarez <laughs> for Josh Fields.
1: Oh, my God. I know. Okay. Everyone, uh, Everybody's servicing this like the, it was no, like, like some I know. gotcha. Ooh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It turns out
0: some players develop. <laughs> I do. I I just find it a little bit funny that the Dodgers, who are maybe one of the only other teams in the league who are as good at developing players as the Astros. Yep. Were like, no, nah, it's okay. We don't know what to do with them.
1: I know. And the thing is, the Dodgers are better at developing hitters
0: yeah. than the Astros. Mm-hmm.
1: The Astros are definitely better at developing pitchers and relievers specifically. The, the Dodgers don't know what the fuck they're doing. In this yeah, well, they're like, well, oh, uh, I don't know. I'll close my eyes and throw a dart. Oh, Craig Kimbrel, yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what makes this so weird. I mean, you're right. They shouldn't have traded Jordan Alvarez. They should have kept him and they should have turned him into what he is now. I, right. That is a probably popular opinion. However... Maybe the trade was the thing that he needed. Like right. Maybe that I mean, was a wake up call for him to just put on thirty pounds of muscle and become the, one of the best pure power
0: hitters. In I the mean, game. yeah, that's the benefit of hindsight, right? Is you can do this with any trade or like move right. yeah. that does or doesn't work out. Agreed. All that being said, I'm actually kind of glad the Astros ended up with him and not the Dodgers. I don't think my brain would have been able to handle <laughs> handle Alvarez raking in between fucking Mookie Betts. And Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman and <laughs> Trey Trent. Like, ugh.
1: Uh, Yeah. This just in. The Dodgers were still a good baseball team, even though they got eliminated. Okay. My third and final, probably popular opinion. This one is for the TP heads, specifically. Not only should the owner not get the trophy first, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed on stage at all. Unless they're willing to take one at bat during the series. <laughs> Jim Crane, you want to get on the on the on the stage with the team? Fucking contribute!
0: Yeah, go face Ryan Presley. Go pinch run. <laughs> Do something. Get any, on the field. Anything. If
1: you were not on the field at any point during the playing of the baseball game, you shouldn't be allowed on the stage to accept the trophy. That's the probably popular opinion. Frankly, just an opinion that everyone agrees with. It's like just the most obvious thing ever. I, Rob Manfred handing the Rob Manfred, the most hated man in baseball. Handing the trophy to the owner, one of the 30, 31 most hated men in baseball. Yeah.
0: Handing it to to him first. Also, yep. yes. they are always first in line. The man who signs the checks. Listen, Alex, they write the checks. Mm-hmm. They write the, none of this. I would mean, be it's right? It wouldn't him. it wouldn't be here without them, right? right?
1: Yeah, nobody would be able to hit a baseball without Jim Crane. Thanks, Jim Crane, for your service. <laughs> so stupid. So dumb. Of I mean, Jim Crane specifically. It's just I the mean, worst. yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just looks like a. F- he looks like he stepped straight out of there will be blood into this. <laughs> like he stepped off one screen onto the other one. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, dude.
0: Yeah, get this man the fuck out All of right, here. All right, Your
1: third and final, probably popular opinion. This is a hard phrase to say. It is.
0: <laughs> we can workshop it your a little third bit. third
1: and final PPO.
0: Um, my third and final one, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm cheating a little bit because I'm I'm not going to do World Series. Cheating? Yeah. Oof.
1: On the pot about the Astros, mm-hmm. likely, likely story.
0: <laughs> I'm banging the trash can. <laughs> Nobody can hear that. I know, <laughs> Nobody that. can hear that. It's fine. I'm leaving all this in. Cool. Um, I I'm only bringing this up because I don't believe we we talked about it on last week's episode. Uh, booing politicians at sports events. Good. Yep. So good, man. Ted Cruz really he got rocked. National pastime. Yeah. And you know, I again. Under no circumstances do you have to hand it to Yankees fans. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, just just really good. It's it's the kind of thing that warms my heart. Frankly, I don't even, uh, no matter who it is. Right? right. Just Yeah. This is across this. We can re- reach across the we aisle. Can, we can, re- can cr- boo reach any across. Politician. You really can. Here's
1: the thing. Why just at sporting events? Why not boo Ted Cruz at the grocery store? Yeah. Why not? He doesn't go to the grocery store. Why not boo Ted Cruz at the Michelin restaurants that he probably eats lunch at? I mean, this does happen from time to time. Right. And, does, but everybody gets so upset I about know. it. And like, then it's like a it's suddenly okay, okay to like, let do politicians it at, eat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that column. <laughs> let politicians eat their popcorn in peace.
0: Yeah, exactly. Ted Cruz just wants, wants to, enjoy to watch
1: them run around and play baseball even though he doesn't know the rules. Yeah. I'll bet you a million dollars A million dollars that Ted Cruz doesn't know the rules of baseball.
0: No, he's probably like, it's extra innings. What's the man doing out there on second base? What? (laughs) Not in the playoffs, though. Not in the playoffs. (laughs) Again, another (laughs) another farce,
1: by the way, (laughs) that Rob Manfred is like, listen, I know this rule is total bullshit, but we're going to keep it.
0: (laughs) Right. We're going to keep it. Not during the playoffs. So are they keeping it during the playoffs in the future? Do we know that? No, no, no. It's it's continuing continuing to be be just like it is.
1: Yeah. Just only in the regular season just another way the Major League Baseball devalues the regular season. Okay, that's all of our probably popular opinions. Boo Ted Cruz more. I love it. Yeah. Great work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that you would like to say as a final takeaway from the 2022 Major League Baseball season? It's over. It's done.
0: I'm so sad. I'm so, I always get so fucking sad. I, e- yes. Like the day after the World Series, every year, is the worst day of the year for me. Yep, it's just real brutal. I know. You know, the second that the
1: last out was made, I just kind of got quiet mm-hmm. and I got sad. And Phoebe, I turned to Phoebe and I was like, it "Just makes me sad." And she's like, "Why? Because there's like no more baseball or or what?" And I was like, "Yeah, that." But like, it's not just that. It's that I'm watching all of these players and all of these fans so happy, and I just don't know if I'm ever gonna have that. <laughs> It's Aww. like every celebration I watch is a celebration that it that I didn't have. <laughs> it's just another stark reminder. You, the protagonist, that I've baseball. never felt this
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> every year. Twenty six years of my life, it's ended in disappointment mm-hmm. every single year. And once I have it once, it's over and done with. I never have to complain about it ever again. But until I have it that yeah? one time, you
0: think you think you never will.
1: Well, I'm, it's not that I'll never complain about the Mets, but I will never At have... At least you can
0: say it's happened in your I life, will time. never
1: have that dread well up in my stomach when I watch another team win the World Series. I will instead think back to when the Mets would have won it. You know, like, from whenever the Mets win the World Series, if the Mets win the World Series, from every year on from that, every time I watch a World Series end, I will always think how I felt when I watched the Mets win the World Series. Even now, I think how I would have felt had I been alive for 1986, because I've watched it so many times, Uh you know, like, but we don't have that. We don't have that. And so that is part of what informs my dread and depression when the baseball season ends. It's a bummer. It's a real bummer.
0: It really is. I mean, I, yeah, this is my like seasonal depression, right? (laughs) Is just the off season. This is my probably popular opinion. (laughs) It's better
1: when the season is still going. (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break. We'll do two very fast listener questions. Some final thoughts on the season and uh, and a preview of the next couple weeks because I am going to be gone. So we're going to have a couple banked episodes that I'm really excited about. Uh, but all that after the break. Time we have on
0: the way. So
1: all right, Alex, I have two questions for you from the wonderful listeners of the Tipping Pitches podcast. Both of them cropped up during the playoffs and because we're not going to be doing a a podcast in real time for the next two or three weeks, I wanted to answer them before they got buried before they got buried by the passage of time. One of them comes from McKenna who was just on this podcast just a month ago. (laughs) McKenna says, my question is what percentage of what is the percentage breakdown of Bobby versus Alex tweets on the tipping pitches account?
0: Mm, Good question. It's changed over time. Yes. I think. Uh, I do
1: think you used to tweet more than me. Yes. Yeah. From yeah. From the yeah. TP account. Uh
0: huh. I've 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 taken a step back from my Twitter consumption in the last year, largely for <laughs> mental health reasons. Um, so, like, right now, I've
1: leaned further into my Twitter consumption, largely for mental health <laughs> yeah, exactly. reasons, in a bad way. <laughs> like, I don't know. Where would you put it right now? Like seventy thirty. I was gonna say, like, in terms of actual tweets, eighty twenty. Mm-hmm. In terms of engagement, you're more of a quality versus quantity. So maybe your tweets get more engagement than mine on average. Right. So the engagement is probably like 70-30 or 65-35 yeah. in terms of who generates the most like views and likes and retweets and whatnot. But in terms of the number of tweets that are sent, I sent probably 80% of them.
0: Yeah, part of that you you are a bit of a volume shooter, uh, definitely big, big thread guy over here.
1: I'm more of a. I treat our Twitter more like a just a thought, just like a diary, a bit of a diary. Yeah, yeah. And you treat our
0: Twitter more like a. It's much more edited your version of it. Mine is like a little chaotic, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just like a thought comes into my head, Time fucking out there <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I I can't. This is do why. That. Okay, this is but this is why I've been getting so frustrated with now that now
1: that people are like who follow us don't know that there's a podcast or like don't and to, an extent, to a certain extent that that has always been true we've always had like more a wider reach on twitter because there's just like way more people on there and we're like part quote-unquote part of baseball twitter but the people who don't get the get the jokes at all just frustrate frustrate me
0: even more now
1: like, like you can't you can't possibly think that i'm being serious when i say this <laughs> like listen to one episode of the pod please. I know
0: I mean I that's you, you can't interpret tone online no nope. it's just impossible you really Sorry. can't
1: thank you to Elon for ruining Twitter um so that yeah, everything was good them. up until then <laughs> okay next question comes from another Alex not you another Alex in honor of Brandon Marsh who are some other notable current or historical wet guys an important question mm-hmm. uh there was a lot of conversation about this one in the slack uh, someone dropped. I forget who did it, but someone dropped the article that David Roth wrote in 2019 for Deadspin, before uh, Deadspin was murdered in sleep. Uh, where David Roth wrote a blog that was like every team has a wet guy now. <laughs> there used to be fewer. There used to be fewer and far between, but every team has a wet guy now. Uh, some of the names that came up were Brandon Crawford, Jason Giambi, um, Clay Buckholtz. I thought that those were wonderful submissions and I don't really have anyone to add. I'm sure if I did a lot of research and thought more about who, who the wettest guys throughout baseball history, are. John Cruck was pretty wet. If I remember correctly, right? The reason that I wanted to ask this question, well, because I'd love to hear your answer. If you have someone in mind or if there's someone from the A's or if someone from your childhood, other than Giambi, who you remember as particularly soaked, but the Mets don't have a single wet guy on their team. And we're not talking enough about how that might be the reason that they got eliminated too mm. soon in October. Not one wet guy? Yeah. Look at that. Look who look who made it to the World Series. Look who won. Who, Brandon Marsh makes it to the World Series. He's the wet guy.
0: Who, who's the Astros wet guy?
1: Did I they, think Luis Garcia.
0: Luis Garcia? He's okay, pretty wet. Yeah.
1: But a, a storied history of wet guys on the Astros.
0: Yes. Your man, Josh Reddick. Yes. That, I mean, he was the first name who popped into my mind. <laughs> wetter than wet can be super wet <laughs> like <laughs> uncommonly
1: wet unnervingly wet maybe yeah so damp <laughs> but yeah A's legend is that so that's your that's the wet guy of your childhood then
0: I, he is the the wet guy that i think stands out in my mind you know i think it's it's important to note that while there are there are physically wet guys, yeah, I think there's also a wet guy mentality.
1: Absolutely. You know?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Like like the thing is Josh Donaldson isn't physically wet all the time, but he strikes me as like having some sort of wet guy energy. No. No? No. What is so what is your definition of a of a wet guy? He strikes then? me as like dirty. <laughs> Fine line.
1: <laughs> like marsh, right. I mean, marsh is clean
0: right like you know yeah
1: Although, I suppose, you know i met josh donaldson and he was not dirty or wet you know
0: <laughs> i mean he, he i seemed guess it like, like he had showered recently there's a sense of like i think with the wet guy <laughs> of like i you know i don't necessarily care how i'm perceived by other people and i do think that like donaldson kind of runs counter to that right he's yeah, yeah, yeah. very eminently aware of what other people think about him
1: Maybe you're just you're just thinking that because his Twitter handle is bringer of (laughs) rain. Yeah, it's just like incepted into your mind. (laughs) I think that you're right, though, that like it's not just about how wet you are. It's about how committed you are to being wet. Yeah, like Buckholz was basically the godfather to Brandon Marsh. Yeah, he would talk about how he was pouring water on his head all the time. And. I don't know there's something about that that like you were born into the darkness like Bane you were born into the wetness you like how it feels to have your hair being soaked like most people when they get rained on they're like ah oh, this feels kind of shitty like I don't like the feeling <laughs> of being soaked all the time <laughs> and Brandon Marsh and Clay Buckholtz and not even I don't even think Crawford falls into that although he does appear physically wet on television same goes for like Cole Hamels and chase Utley, like they weren't wet with water they were wet with hair gel that's an entirely different guy. hair gel guy is a different guy
0: yeah well and i think that there's a bit of like and and i don't want to misconstrue long hair with with wet guy because no. they are distinct DeGrom, jacob, jacob de grom he was never a wet guy n- was never a wet guy
1: as dry as it gets right
0: Cindergard a little more wet yeah um but there are plenty of guys over the years who have had that long hair and um clearly tended to them well. Bronson Arroyo uh, uh sticks out. Jason Worth was 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 not a wet guy. I got a wet guy for you.
1: Okay. RA Dicky.
0: Yeah, that's a <laughs> that is one wet man.
1: <laughs> uh
0: okay. This has been eliminated. Colby Rasmus. <laughs> keep I, I'll, I'll keep going, man. Let's go. Um Bryce Harper in his life was at one point a wet guy and I think yeah, he shied he's away not. from it yeah he's not anymore he's yeah. afraid Yeah,
1: he's afraid of being wet <laughs> he's too focused on playing baseball Um, you know I think that Luis Garcia to jump back to the Astros really quickly before we land this plane and end this podcast he not only seems like a wet guy he kind of looks like a pirate you know his hair is like piratey mm-hmm. like he looks like he just had to jump overboard to rescue his first man <laughs> or his first mate whatever you call that <laughs> like the style of his hair and the style of his facial hair too which contributes to this it's it's giving Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> Loki <key.
0: laughs> uh, yeah he's the only pirate who's going to sniff the World Series <laughs> anytime soon
1: <laughs> man can you imagine Bob Nutting getting the trophy he wouldn't even know what to do with himself. No, stop! I don't want to think about that. <laughs> All right, do you have any other wet guys, or should we
0: should we land this plane? I I, say? I think we should we should land this plane because I I am strolling through photos of baseball players right now, and we could probably go for a while on this. There's a deceptively large amount of wet guys. I mean,
1: there's a reason that that Roth wrote the piece. Yeah, maybe we should just he have was, him on. He to was talk right on that. it. We should yeah. just have him on to talk about it. And why a wet guy? He really thinks. That it, it that it adds to their skill in right. any way. Because he would be the person.
0: Right. Well, what that. characterizes a a wet guy?
1: We'll just have to wait and find out. Uh, okay. That does it for this week's episode of Tipping Pitches. That does it for the Major League Baseball season as well. Which is wild to say. Sure. I can't believe it's over. Uh, we've teased it a few times now. We have new t-shirts, new merch coming out. It'll be a t- two t-shirts, sticker, and a crew neck sweatshirt. Can I say that? Is he allowed to say that? Can I say oh that? God. Can I tell what? people? A crew Shh. neck sweatshirt. Oh my God. The crew neck sweatshirt I'm excited for for the winter. I hope that that stuffs my stocking this year. Um, But it really, in reality, I'll probably just order it for myself. So <laughs> look forward to that. Uh, I want to thank people specifically for coming out to our live stream. I know I mentioned it already that we live streamed game four. Of the World Series, the uh, the game that ended up being a a no hitter, for the Houston Astros. Yeah,
0: which we talked about approximately not at all. Three minutes. Yeah, maybe. I think it was minutes. the seventh inning, and we were like, "Yo, oh, there hasn't been a hit yet. That's what is wow. going on?"
1: <laughs> um, I I had a lot of fun doing that stream. I had a lot of fun with all the people who came out. Thank you to everybody who came on stage, asked questions, shared comments concerns thoughts milk facts helped us get to the bottom of PitchCom's website html all of that good stuff uh maybe we'll do this in the off season if we get really bored maybe we'll we'll do a little playback stream of a little dominican winter league and just get really weird with it because don't need to talk about those games as opposed to the world series where we didn't talk about it even though we should have been talking. yeah right about exactly
0: it. maybe that's the perfect format for us
1: um i wanted to give people a little heads up in two weeks so I'm going to Italy. So I will be out. We will be out for the next two weeks. So we. Okay. Yeah, he's going to
0: Studies Italy. Studies abroad. Oh my once. god, That's so cool! Oh my god. Amazing. So
1: I I will be gone for the next two weeks. Um, so we decided to bank two podcasts for you. Next week will be our dumbest things of 2022 with batting around, which is just a just a tremendous, downright tremendous podcast. Just one so of the best good. podcasts that we do every year. My favorite one. To do. And I am already excited to do it next year. That's how good this podcast this podcast was. So. That's next week. In two weeks, we will be having an interview with the, the filmmakers for a documentary called The Last Out, a doc about three Cuban baseball players and their journey to try to make it to affiliated ball to get signed with a Major League Baseball team. Um, those gentlemen are named Sammy Kahn and Michael Gassert. We already watched this doc. We already had a wonderful conversation with those guys. And we're really excited for you to hear that. I would just say that you probably want to watch the documentary before listening to this conversation um because i think you'll get the most out of the 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 podcast episode if you do watch the doc ahead of time that's not to say that you can't listen to it because yeah i think they still that, talk I think... a lot about just the system in general
0: yeah the conversation i think was very illuminating regardless but so it, it the film doesn't necessarily feel like a prerequisite for the conversation although it's
1: it's a lot about the movie
0: it, it's yeah it's a lot about the movie and i think that all of our listeners would enjoy the movie on its own merits. So I think yes. you all should watch it regardless of whether you listen to that episode or not.
1: Yes. So I wanted to flag it for people a couple of weeks ahead of time so that you can carve out some streaming time at home to check that out. Quick shout out to the five members of the Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier. We have so many of you that we only have time to shout out five every episode. Thank you to all of you though. And specifically this week to Jake, Craig, Ben, Tristan, and Drake. Putting out new music and signing up for the Alex Rodriguez VIP Club tier. Boo, boo. boo. What a bad joke. Uh thanks to all of you. Alex, send us home. Twenty twenty two baseball season, twenty twenty two World Series champion, Houston Astros. What do you have to leave the people with this week?
0: Uh nothing. Now what? Yeah. That Slack better pop off in the next four or five months, y'all. Because
1: you have nothing better
0: to do. I got nothing better to do now.
1: How about twenty twenty three Oakland A's World Series champs?
0: Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> I think so. My I mean, you know that my World Series is John Fisher selling the team. That's really the the kind of my what my hopes and dreams are wrapped up in. Yeah. Like I will actually shed tears when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you everybody for listening and we will be back next week. Isolated and afraid. Open up, this is a raid.